0: Welcome to a Monday edition of The People's Show, coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Candidate's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. I'm Vic Nazar, Dom behind the glass, Victor behind the glass, running the show, and of course you, Chiming in, 650-650, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver. Online at DunbarLumber.com. Guys, behind the glass, how's it going? All good? As good as a Diego Dallo cross. That's how good. Woo! Ooh. Wait, that means it's going poor. Yeah. It, it wasn't a great cross, but uh, Garnacho there with the... Overhead kick, the bicycle kick, to uh, turn it in.
1: I walked in today, and the first comment from you and the Gladistry, that is the uh, 650. uh,
0: Someone listened to a lot of uh, uh, commentary this weekend.
1: Uh, That is the prep lounge.
0: Immediately ripped into my mic quality on 32 Thoughts last
1: night. (laughs) And I immediately felt bad.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll get into some thirty-two thought stuff with uh, Jeff Merrick, who will join us uh, later on I pulled in the some show. Strings. Yeah, you pulled some strings. Pulled some, pulled strings. some strings to get a, a good guest. Uh, Jeff Merrick will join us in the second half of the show. But it's Cyber Monday. Are you guys uh, shopping anything? No, nothing. I woke up today,
1: and I'm sure uh, Victor can attest. I had 17 Cyber Monday emails in my inbox today. Honestly, too, I don't. E- I don't even many.
0: like my personal email that yeah. I have. That's like my own. I don't even look anymore because it's all just spam. Yeah. So my, my work email is primarily my, my email. But uh, you load up and it's like, the promotions, the deals. It's like, And it's not even that deal. good. I'll, I'll do a quick check here. Uh, Victor, how many uh, Cyber Monday deals are you looking for today?
1: Uh, You know, just finishing up that Christmas shopping.
0: Early, but you Early. guys
1: need to filter out those emails.
0: Organize. That I stuff. do, but yeah. they go into like subcategories, and before you know it, it's like well, it, every once in a while you have to swim in uncharted waters, and it's just, it's just chaos. There, it's like ninety-nine emails from Best Buy and, and whatever. Also, let's
1: all be honest with each other here: the deals aren't deals anymore. That's the like thing. I tweeted this out this weekend. Someone went into Target and moved all the Black Friday signage, and behind it was just normal signage with the same price well, from really? before Black thing? Friday. Really? Because you can believe everything you see on the internet. <laughs> it's so...
0: Okay, but I've seen it for myself, Victor. Uh, well, as it turns out... The uh, deals aren't deals, but f- yeah. They're not deals. It's uh, on the heels of Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And, and usually in, in sports, we wait for Black Monday at the end of the NFL season. That's when yeah. all coaches get fired. Well, it, it's like coaches firing today. Rank, and right across all the leagues, My Dean Edison, your idol. He signed a four year
1: contract, worked almost all the way through one, right, and now gets paid for three years not to do anything.
0: Maybe Matt rules the the idol then because he got like a seven year deal from Carolina. Yeah, same, same ownership. They're, they're paying coaches till like now, till I don't know, 2027. Who do they think they are? The Vancouver Canucks? <laughs> How refreshing, though, to be a Canucks fan right now. On In in a span of two weeks, Edmonton's fired a coach, Minnesota's fired a coach, and you're sitting there like, I remember what this life used to be like. Not for me anymore. Other teams are having all sorts of issues. Hey, now, meanwhile, the Canucks hey, have lost to the us, San Jose huh? Sharks. Look at us. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Not me. Back, back in late January last year, it's like, can't even do the process of hiring a coach properly, just leaving this guy out to uh, – flapping the breeze, and in comes Rick talking, and was like, I don't know if I really like this, and there was the initial boos, and people were chanting for the old coach, and less than a year later, I was all all rosy up until losing uh, on Saturday to the San Jose Sharks, who are, for my money, uh, one of the worst constructed teams uh, in recent memory, and are going to struggle to get, I don't know, 20-some-odd wins? But nevertheless, they got two points in regulation. Uh, over your Vancouver Canucks, but man, the landscape across uh, these leagues changing drastically here. Carolina, I know, look, they they were bad. They fire Frank Reich. Minnesota, they've had their issues. They fired Dean Everson today, and honestly, I kind of sit here and I look at both of these firings, and I think the teams have made mistakes. I don't think they've solved the bigger issue. They've they've tried to put a Band-Aid on the, on the wound, but the wound will still fester. And, you know, I've I've made this point here a lot recently, too. Uh, You can chime in as well, 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Like, I, I think we are at a stage now where we are underrating the impact coaches can have. Like, in a span of 10 months, less than that, actually, we've noticed here in Vancouver what one coach can do. Now, look, certain pieces of the roster have changed, of course, but coaches... We, we've gravitated towards oh like the, the classic tactician, the Pep Guardiola, the, the way he designs it on the whiteboard is, is what every coach should do. I, I think what's lost at times is the connection between management and players is coaching. How the team feels about a, a player has to come through the coach and how a player feels about the organization, their pri- primary touchpoint is always coaching. And you can look at the qualifications, and I've mentioned this before about Frank Reich. I I think he's a good coach. It's just a terrible spot. It didn't go well in Indianapolis. They don't have stable ownership. They're always trying to do this thing of finding the new quarterback, and he happened to exist in it. And it worked for a little bit, but then it it got bad after a while. And Dean Evison, like, they've got issues in Minnesota right now. They've got this $15 million cap charge hanging over them, and there's only so much you can do, and while there's improvements coming – the ranks for Minnesota, it's going to take some time for them to get there. And they they have these desires, but the roster has slowly been picked at, and they haven't really addressed any major issues. And I, I like some of the pieces, but it just exists in this mushy middle that it feels like Vancouver's pushed themselves out of all of a sudden. There's not really enough high end there in Minnesota, while some fantastic players, like I'm a big Jarrett Spurgeon fan. But you look at it and you say, "Is is Jared Spurgeon at thirty three years old a true number one D man? Jonas Brodins again, one of the best defensive D men in the league, but it, it, it's thirty years old. And Brock Faber's exciting, but it's still like that that in between gap that they don't really have the, of that that young twenty four. It's really just Kirill Kaprizov. Matt Boldy's a, an interesting player, but you're building around like Matt Zuccarello's signed for two more years at thirty six years old." That, to me, is a bit of an issue. They they, they never really capitalize on that middle-tier uh, or mid-age range player that can stabilize everything, and now the bottom's dropped out. You know They come into the season, is Ryan Hartman going to be their first uh, line center? Is it Marco Rossi going to take this step up? Joel Eriksson, to his credit, has kind of stepped up uh, this year, but the team is not winning, and, and is he put into a spot where it, it's, it's too much uh, for a player like that, who, again, a really good player, but they're missing uh, overall dynamic players outside of just Kirill Kaprizov, and, and you see the, the result of what it looks like today in Carolina, the, the Panthers. Again, I, I sit here and I look, I think Frank Reich's a good coach, smart offensive mind, and they have just toiled in mediocrity for for some time here. They go to try to solve the problem with Bryce Young, and, and to me, they didn't hit a high enough level. to if you're, if you're making a big swing, they trade up to go to number one. And for me, it was a jab. They threw a jab rather than going for a haymaker at number one. And now you got to look at the coach and, and figure all this out. But after 11 games, there's just not enough to solve. they were a team that's drafting the top 10. They move up to number one. They, it was a flawed roster. And the issue became the roster. There's only so much a coach is going to do and to me, for today, uh, two coaches paid for the sins of management and, and the overall roster. Such is the world. It's easy to push the button on the coach rather than try to solve the bigger problem. But to me, two teams made uh, potential mistakes uh, letting go of coaches when the roster themselves were the big issue. And you know, Dom, you know my phrase, bad teams stay bad. These two teams... Decisions like this might be the reasons they stay bad. The eye roll from Dom behind the glass.
1: The Panthers just went to a Super Bowl not that long ago.
0: 2015?
1: Was it 2015? Less than a decade ago. Broncos? Yeah.
0: That's 2015. That's Eight not, years ago. Yeah, it's not that long ago. Eight years ago. And, that's and, grade and, and, and now they've completely slid in that entire time. Yeah, but bad teams don't stay bad.
1: We could have this argument mm-hmm. every show.
0: Really I hate great. that saying. You, you, you know the, the, the thing that uh, had our prep room in uh, all sorts of chaos here? Speaking of arguing about things. Should we talk about it Dom? Do you want to talk about it? I'll talk about anything. <laughs> we were talking about fire alarms. Okay. Because you live in the penthouse
1: of some Coquitlam. I don't. Uh, I don't.
0: I live high up, but it's not the penthouse. Okay. Was it 42nd floor? It's it's uh, 85th percentile. It, it was. It, yeah. <laughs> I did the math. It was the 85th percentile of the, the height of the building. Uh, but we were joking, like you know, fire alarms—they they, they can be annoying, and you know you got to evacuate the building, all that sort of stuff. And you know, th- there were times in my old building, I just wouldn't leave because it was it was the, the alarm would go off once every three weeks, and it was just like it was a nuisance. A lot of times it was a false alarm. I just wouldn't leave, and sure enough, it would go off in seven minutes, and everything normal or, order would, would resume. And Dom said I would just stand on my balcony.
1: That's what I do, yeah. I just go on the balcony.
0: So when the fire alarm goes off, you just stand on the balcony. You, you view everything, and you're like, hey, if, if the fire truck comes, if it's clear, I'll leave. Yeah. But until I can confirm, you're going to stay on the balcony. Well, I do not do as I do. No. The, the, terrible habits here. Yeah. But we're being honest. We're telling you. We're, we're exposing our personalities here, okay? um, And I said that's the worst thing you can do because the time that it's a legitimate fire, now you're on the balcony. In a low rise, fourth in, floor. In, you know? a, in a low rise. Yeah. And Dom suggested I would just swing down the balconies.
1: Yeah, to the first floor.
0: And there's, there's there's no
1: way you can do this. So I suggested just grabbing a hold of the railing. Yeah. There's... And letting myself down, swinging into the balcony below. Because I am quite long. I'm six foot three. Yeah. And then repeating that step three times.
0: There's, there's no chance. Do you do parkour or anything like that? Parkour? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> You just you think in the moment like the adrenaline's gonna run like the mom that lifts the car over the baby. You're like, yes. oh, this is the moment. I gotta do this. The superhuman strength, the Spider-Man ability,
1: glorified monkey bars,
0: dude. Yeah, like, I, I don't think you're appreciating like how you're gonna hold the bottom of the balcony, the rail. No, it, it, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work.
1: I don't. I don't know if this is you not believing in me, or no, like that's just not wanting in me physics. to succeed. It's
0: me believing in physics, even though I failed physics. <laughs> me too. And this is me believing that it's impossible to swing into the balcony, into the lower balcony. I, the, the
1: swinging part is the easiest part
0: mm-hmm. because you're already there. It's lowering yourself to where you're hanging from your own balcony. But that's part of the whole equation. Yes, I don't think you can jump balcony. Like you're you're not Jason Bourne. Well, oh, I could
1: I could easily get to the balcony next to me. It's the one underneath. This is what we're
0: talking about. Kits Mike says, "Sounds like your building could use a fire plan."
1: It does have
0: one, but again, <laughs> okay. But even from the context of a fire, we're talking about—is
1: it annoying to go do, down during? A, a this is a salon? great.
0: This is a great guys name and dude segment of just guys being dudes. Do you think you can jump to the balcony below you?
1: This yes. is basically
0: what's happening here. Victor, can you jump to the balcony below you? Uh, if your life depended on it.
1: Yeah, well, life depended on it. Yeah, but I also live on the first floor, so yes, I, oh. I absolutely could.
0: Humble, humble uh, That's origins. That's easy. Uh, all right. <laughs> I I, I want to see this in practice. Like we like we need to take you to a rock climbing wall or something and just sure. like put you halfway up. Just come
1: over. Ball. We'll do we'll do it <laughs> on my building. I know my neighbors. They'll be fine.
0: Um, I'm guessing you would say no. Tommy the fire guy in the ridge, uh, says, as a fire alarm technician, I've seen multiple incidents in quotations where people don't leave during a fire alarm. I'd recommend leaving. Thank you, Tommy. Well, Rogers cares. Yeah. Uh, all right. Good stuff from Tommy to the Fire. Again, we're we're not suggesting anybody follows. No. Our, but you know, we're being dumb uh, enough times when when it was false alarms. I, I felt felt like it was a a false alarm. But uh, when you know
1: it's a false 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 mm-hmm. alarm, why am I going out in the middle of a cold November evening? You know, like.
0: Uh, all right, the parkour texts are coming in, parkour. 6.50, 6.50, uh, to the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Let's get to uh, uh, one of my favorite segments of the week. Uh, the things that uh, we're good at and the things that we're bad at, we're, we're pro-accountability here on the People's Show. Uh, so what do we get right? What do we get wrong? Let's get to it. It's buzzer bell. Bill Belichick going up against Tommy DeVito. Bill Belichick versus rookie QBs wins. Bill Belichick versus this this QB who struggled to begin his NFL career. And look, doesn't mean he's going to be the worst quarterback of all time or anything like that. But it's okay to mention that Tommy DeVito uh, was severely underperforming. Who's completing like 28% of his passes and then 50% of his passes? And it's a safe, compressed, condensed offense that's not exciting at all. And Bill Belichick, all he had to do was go in there and go get a win. And now suddenly you lose. And Bill Belichick goes from the GOAT to the GOAT. We, we used to say, hey, who's the goat of that game? It's because it's because you screwed up. Bill Belichick's screwing up in a big way. And I don't want to hear it's like, oh, they're 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 just trying to tank. The guy who's 30 wins away from the all-time head coaching record is trying to tank? Not a chance. He's this close. And to be honest, I don't think he should be given the chance to get there. This is the worst loss uh, for the season, for the New England Patriots. And yes, it improves their draft odds and everything. But the the, the simple stuff they're getting wrong. Special teams. Like, New England Patriots teams are always good at special teams. And they're not good at special teams anymore. Situational football. Remember the Jacoby Myers fumble last year? Situational football. This team's not good at it. Or sorry, was it Ramondre or Jacoby? Whoever did the throwback last year. Yeah. Got Mac Jones lit up. This team's not good at situational football. And they're just not good in general. And for me... This is all on Bill Belichick. You're the architect. You're the captain of the ship. Uh, It is going down in a big way. And this isn't even a case of, oh, you've only been here for 11 games. we got to move on. This has now been like you brought in Matt Patricia. You brought in Joe Judge. These were your ideas for offense coordinators. A lot of stuff hasn't been working for the New England Patriots for a couple of years. And we sat here and said, well, the hoodie figures it out. He's too smart. I said those things. And I'm wrong. Bill Belichick is getting whooped in 2023 in the NFL. You know why? What's up?
1: Bad teams stay bad.
0: Okay, they've had uh long successes. They they've never been a bad team. At least at least in the past 20 years. They're bad now. At least until Bill Belichick arrived, they were not bad at all. And 2 and 9 trending towards first overall team uh first overall pick. Uh the New England Patriots are in a bad bad place. All right, I'm going to do a combo here, Buzzer and Bell. Frank Reich. This is clearly bigger than Frank Reich. I think he's a good coach. 11 games is hardly a chance to imprint what you're going to be like as a coach. Hardly the environment to succeed. There's now two coaches fired. Steve Wilkes went in there as an interim, went three and three. They moved off him. They go to Frank Reich. Matt Rule was a disaster. He's gone uh, back to college. They're paying him forever and a day. Frank Reich, I think, is a good coach. We just won't, we, we may not see the ultimate solution and the chance for him to exhibit that because now he's had two chances. Does he get a third one? I'd like to see him get a third chance, but pick your spot. That is a big thing. Pick, pick a spot where you can be set up for success. Jim Irsay was his owner in Indy, Tepper is his owner here. If he gets another chance, if I'm Frank Reich, I'm choosing ownership before anything. And hopefully you get a a good spot. Mm. Having said that, Frank Reich got this wrong in a big way too. They chose Bryce Young. That plays a role in this too. And you, you can manage what you can manage, control what you can control. And a lot in Carolina has gone wrong. And some of it does fall on Frank Reich. They should not be in this position. This is a team that, at worst case... Should hover around seven, seven wins, and they're they're trending towards two, three maybe. Uh, it's it's one of the poorly constructed roster which he has an influence on, and certainly uh, some in-game decision making so far this season from Rank Reich has been entirely puzzling as well. Lamar Jackson, just calm, cool, collected in a game where, you know, to be honest, the Ravens didn't really have to get out of second or third gear. Uh, And Lamar was okay. It was 18 to 32, but the the Ravens in general just look so stable. In a game, again, the the, the Chargers, Keenan Allen's got 14 receptions for 100 yards but they made all sorts of mistakes and and the Ravens uh to me looking like the class of the AFC right now even when the Chiefs are having to come back in that game uh the Ravens continue to be uh the the show stopping force in the NFL mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts I was wrong. I came into the season saying, "Hey, he's he's uh top 2 QB in the NFC." I think uh, and a lot of people say, "Hey, he's better than Dak." I've made my switch on Dak, obviously, uh, this year. Over the past month looks pretty good for Dak. But that throw by Jalen Hurts to Zacchaeus, that to me is a big-time throw. It could have been defended better, of course, but it, all, it required amazing defense because of the throw from Jalen Hurts. It's what I'm excited to talk about tomorrow with Mark Schofield when he joins us on Tuesdays. That throw was a special play by a playmaker right now The NFC goes through Philadelphia. Are the 49ers the overall better team construction? Yeah, I think I agree with that. But they don't have the best QB. Jalen Hurts is the best QB. They have the best record right now. And the NFC is going to go through Philadelphia. And that is not going to be easy at all. Uh, All right. The Minnesota Wild. We'll switch gears here. Going to hockey. We've been kinda of waiting for or at least I've been waiting for the, the bottom to drop out for the Minnesota Wild. Now, should they be a team that's sitting here languishing at five, ten and four, two, six and two in their last ten? They're they're probably a little bit better than that, but that to me is the team that's always the the poster child for the mushy middle. The Minnesota Wild don't exactly have a huge history of success winning rounds or anything like that they they've just existed kind of in that mid tier but the, the Minnesota Wild haven't won a round since 2015 it's been a minute here and we've been waiting for them to fall off and now it's completely bottomed out they'll stabilize a little bit here moving forward but this is a team when i when i looked at teams in the mushy middle i viewed St. Louis as a team that's in the mushy middle i viewed Minnesota, the team that's stuck in the mushy middle, Nashville. And this point that I've made often when it comes to Vancouver, even last year, is that I feel like Vancouver can leapfrog a bunch of teams in that middle because there doesn't look like there's enough exciting profile players on some of these teams. Again, it's it's Kaprazov, but is Ryan Hartman a true number one center? That that's what they tried rolling out last year. And that's what they've the plan that they came into this year. You go to Nashville. It's like yeah, you can try to make it work, and with Ryan Riley, but you're kind of sitting there at 500. They've gone out and spent money on Luke Shen on Ryan Riley. They're kind of in that mushy middle. Where Vancouver, they they let a couple of contracts go, and they've moved out some pieces that were necessary to move out. But you can see how you can fly past the mushy middle when you at least have star level talent. You have Quinn Hughes. You have Elias Pettersson. You have Thatcher Demko. You have JT Miller. Throwing at Philip Pronick. You can soar past them because a year ago in January, actually even in just in January, we would have said the Canucks are somewhere in the range of 22nd to 24th best team and look how quickly they've soared past them and it's something I'll ask Jeff Merrick here coming up. Are, are the Canucks truly out of that mushy middle and what tier are they in now? But uh, the Minnesota Wild to me are the perfect example of a team that's kind of stuck in it. And what is their oh, yeah, pathway oh, forward? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right, on the other side, we will uh, talk to Jeff Merrick from the 32 Thoughts podcast and the Jeff Merrick show coming up here on The People Show.